I'm Robin Gallagher and welcome to Ripples. Throughout our program, a series of guest speakers will share words of wisdom from their life experience and we will offer you a series of meditations so that you can take some time just to stop and listen to that voice within, that voice of the Spirit. So come and enjoy some inspired voices and treasured stillness and allow the ripple effect to begin. Today on our program, I am privileged to enter into a conversation with Patricia Thomas. Patricia currently works for Grief Care, which is an ecclesial pastoral care agency of the church at Catholic cemeteries and crematoria. Grief Care supports individuals, families and communities during times of loss, grief, bereavement and trauma, offering accompaniment, a range of programs and resources in preparing for funerals. Grief Care will also service MacArthur Memorial Park when it opens in the next few years. Patricia has had extensive experience working in the area of spiritual formation and in pastoral care, both within education and health services. We welcome Patricia today as she explores walking with others during times of grief and trauma. Welcome to the program, Pat. It is so wonderful to have you with us today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Pat. Well, Pat, it's been a little bit of time since we worked together in the area of staff spiritual formation in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And uh, since that time, you've moved into a new ministry of accompanying people in their grief. And Pat, when we've been talking recently, particularly in light of COVID-19, you used a word that perhaps I hadn't heard before in this context. You used the word trauma. Yes. And you just named the fact that for so many of us, what we are experiencing is trauma. Mm. And that for some people, it actually ignites other traumas in their lives. Mm. Um, Pat, I just wonder if you could share with us a bit about uh, why that word is perhaps so appropriate to this context. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, well, the the word trauma comes from the Greek meaning um, wound Mm. or hurt or defeat mm. and tra- many of us uh, today carry some form of trauma, mm. some a lot more than others and the way in which we carry or are able to integrate that trauma into our lives comes very much of whether or not we've had an opportunity to share mm. that defeat, that wound, that hurt with another human being. And that another human being has actually validated it. And particularly, it correlates with grief in that many a time we're fearful of listening to another person's pain and suffering. That's interesting, Pat. I, I, when I think about grief, I think that there's sometimes there's a there's some barriers perhaps in terms of speaking about our own grief. Mm. And um, perhaps even some barriers in terms of sitting with another in their grief. Mm. Pat, what do you think perhaps are some of those barriers? Fear Mm. and doubt. Fear, firstly, that we can't fix it. And doubt whether or not we can sit or stand in another suffering. And the reality is... We can. 
and it's the more experience we have in it, we realise it doesn't kill the person who's experiencing that hurt if they're having someone witness it. And us as witnessing it, it won't kill us. Mm. And being with and holding the space is what we're called to do. And if we can do, can bring the deepest of healing. Mm. Thank you, Pat. Pat, one of the great gifts that you bring to so much of your work is your authenticity. Mm. And I've witnessed that on countless number of occasions, that sense that for so many people you exude this sense of I get it, I get it and I'm with you. Pat, over the years, I just wonder in terms of your own experience, what have you learned about grief and trauma? Well, I'm in this ministry because first and foremost, my little brother, Simon Andrew, who was tragically killed when he was eight and a half years old in a horsing accident. I just started uh, Teachers College and it was my first real experience of a death of someone close to me. And the reality, sadly, around that time is, yes, our faith community was around us when Simon died at the funeral. And then the weeks after, all that support wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And the reality is we're all impacted, particularly my mother, in not having support mm -hmm. around the death of a child and us as a family. No one asked us how things were in the months after that death, except for one woman who was a Josephite nun who pulled me out of one of my classes at, uh, at, Catholic, at Catholic Teachers College at North Sydney. She pulled me out after I'd returned to lectures and she pulled me out and took me for a coffee and she said, tell me what's been going on. Mm -hmm. She knew. Mm. And that was the first experience of a pastoral context mm. and a pastoral contact and someone reaching in, knowing and wanting to listen to what our family was going through. Mm. Thank you. And Pat, one of the things that is a component of your work is, and you use the word companioning, yes. that you actually accompany people in their grief and their time of, of, of trauma yes. as well. Uh, what have you learned from the experience of that, of walking with people in their grief? That every time I'm with someone who's experiencing grief, that I walk in there with that fear and doubt. Mm -hmm. And I've got a very close friend who encourages me always to frock up, front up <laughs> with the fear mm -hmm. and know once I'm there it's going to make a difference for people and that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. I think first and foremost that intentional connection with someone who's grieving is so important mm -hmm. because what hurts more or causes more trauma in someone experiencing any sort of grief is the isolation and it's a myth that we think that people want to be left alone or we don't know what to do with people who are in grief. And it's not about what we do. It's about being with and letting them know, 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But I'm going to hang here if you want me to. Mm-hmm. And if you want me to hang at the end of the phone, I will. If you want me to text and you'll be at the end of the text, I will. And if you want me just to come over and you say unedited what you're feeling and what you're thinking, or if you just want to sit in silence, I will be with you. Mm-hmm. And all of us can do that in some way. Whether a text, physical presence, writing a letter. We can we can be with people as we've seen over the last few months during COVID. That intentional connection is needed for people in grief. Mm-hmm. Because it's very present when there's a death and around the funeral and then the waning. The waning. Mm-hmm. And really Research tells us, Robin, that, you know, three months after death, that's when people are really starting to thaw out. Yeah, I remember you saying that at one time and how how important that is to mm. remember. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's something our, our communities, our faith communities need to be, you know, up our ante mm. a bit mm. and being aware of that. The checking in. The checking in. The yeah. che- and it all gets down to pastoral care, yeah. Robin. It all gets down to a continuum of pastoral care, mm. not just when the event occurs, a tragedy occurs, but the months and the years after that. Mm. As we all know with the bushfires, with the floods, with the droughts, and now with COVID, mm. once we start re-entering into our changed worlds, we're going to be... There's going to be a need for us to be aware that we're all carrying trauma and grief from multiple losses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Pat, I was thinking that at times, for some of us, there's a trepidation Mm. around knowing, you know, what to do when someone close to us, whether it be family or a friend, is is going through a really difficult time or grieving. Just from your, your wonderful experience, Pat, what would perhaps be some tips that you could offer us in terms of supporting or accompanying someone in their grief. Yeah. I've said it a few times and I'll say it again. Don't try and fix. Mm. First and foremost, all of us need an opportunity to express our feelings with another person, unedited, Mm. and also to talk about what's happened. I think first of all to talk about it. Yes. Because many times you know, I know I, I used to do it, someone will start talking about how bad things are and the loss and we'll say, oh, it's going to get better. Mm. Or you've got to focus on the rest of the kids. Mm. Or once you get back to work mm. or get busy, mm. they're all fixes. Mm. Instead of saying, yes, it's shocking. Mm. It's awful. Mm. I've got no idea what the pain would be like. You've got every right to be angry. That, that importance of validation. Validation, witnessing. We straight away go to try and fix it. So that's really important. Yeah. But also being able to sit with people in silence because many people... that Our cognition is affected. Science tells us, the research says, our cognition is affected when we're in grief and trauma. Yes. We revert to an 8 to a 12-year-old. When we're in intense grief or we're ex- experiencing trauma, a, a, a hurt or a wound experience comes up again, you know. So I think 
people being able to talk honestly and us listening, yes. holding the space, and an element of curiosity. Tell me more about that. Yes. You, you, you're not able to sleep. You're waking up. You, you said you're having nightmares. Tell me about those nightmares. Yes. An openness. An openness. An openness. Yeah. And I think the other important thing, just listening to you, like our um, ministry team, uh, the grief care community, we now go in twos. Yes. There's times where you have to be there by yourself, but yeah, I think having another person, yeah, yeah, having another person there. Recently I was with a family who'd lost a number of children in a tragic accident, yes. okay, and the day I was going, I had a lot of doubt and a fear about fronting up again with this family. And in prayer I knew I'll take a colleague who they know, and we both went that day. And that made a difference for me and also made a difference for that family. And and my, my colleagues sat there quietly for most yeah. of the time. But the presence was felt. The presence, yeah, yeah. Now, there's times we won't be able to do that. But um, I think, Rob, it's acknowledging our humanity. Yes. That we're, like, the day that I don't feel fear or doubt in walking in and being with people in some grief or trauma they're experiencing, that's the day I'll know it's not up to me, but it's God working through me yes. for these people. Yes. And all I've got to do is just be there. Yes. Be there. Yes. Or get someone else to be there mm-hmm. or encourage other people to just be there. Yes. Pat, it's just such vital work. Mm. Um, over the years, what is it that perhaps sustains you? What is it that really nurtures you in terms of being able to keep doing this extraordinary work? The Paschal Mystery. And for, like, if there is ever a time in my life where the Paschal Mystery has shown every every dimension of what it means, Mm -hmm. it's been doing this work. Yes. Um, I see people in such suffering. I see people tortured. Yes. I bear witness to crucifixions of every sort, deaths, tragic and also peaceful. Mm -hmm. I also experience the resurrections and I also experience the sadness and the loss between resurrection and ascension. And more than anything else, I see people get through it and continue a bond with the spirit of that person as the communion of saints teaches us. Mm. We're not alone when they leave us. Their physical absence is is the big part of the grief, the tangibility. The same thing that we're... The, um, we experience between Ascension and Pentecost. Mm. Once Jesus disappears physically, they all fell in a heap. Mm. Yeah. We fall in a heap too, and then one day we have a real sense that they are with us. Mm. It doesn't take away the pain, but it holds that pain for the rest of our lives mm. in a more meaningful way 
So we get through it through the grace of God and each other. Yes. And each other. We can't do it alone. We cannot grieve or do trauma alone. Okay. We find meaning in so much of what our faith tradition teaches us through the the living of our dying, the living of our death at risk. And thirdly, the continuing of bonds is exactly how God intended it. It's about eternal life, not eternal death. Yes. Yes. Pat, thank you so much for your wisdom and for sharing your experience. It's been wonderful to have you on the program and we wish you all the very, very best with your extraordinary work. Pray for me. (laughs) Absolutely, Pat, always. Thank you for joining our program today. If you would like to take some time now or later in the week to enjoy some treasured stillness, an experience of Christian meditation is available on both Podbean and Apple Podcast and is entitled Meditation 5. Have a lovely week and see you next time.